I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And I'm not going away with some dirty Norman punts to spit all over me. He spits over me, I'm Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. And so it came to pass in the year of our Lord 2017 that the Lions of Millwall FC, in the place known as South Bermondsey, did have it within their grasp. Consolidates playoff football the jewel in the crown of the League One season. Ladies and gentlemen, I've given up on that voice. Welcome to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. Welcome to this week's show. up we have a review of the Fleetwood um, defeat 1-0 last Easter Monday with John Shipman, our Northern correspondent. We follow that up with live coverage from yesterday's debacle at the Den. And finally we close out this week's show with our regular Harry Warren. Huge welcome on the show now to John Shipman, our Northern correspondent. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you, Nick. You made the long trip to Fleetwood for us, mate, so that others didn't have to. Um, well, probably the, the furthest flung Northern point of this season, really, isn't it? Fleetwood. It's it's out. It is, yeah. It's out of the way, even by Blackpool standards. It is. It's nice and easy to get to though from Blackpool, and uh, I'm sure people made the most of the bank holiday weekend in Blackpool and. Uh, a few sherbets while they were up there. I'm sure. Only for Fleetwood to spoil the party. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Um, I mean, I've only got the reports and the Twitter feed to go by, John. So um, my impression was of pretty much relentless mill bombardment of the Fleetwood goal. And one of those days where it just wouldn't go in the net for, for, for various reasons, the goalkeeper being the main part of it. Yeah, so that's that. See you next season. <laughs> I can't sum it up any better than that. Nick, I didn't have to go there to endure it. <laughs> yeah, um, it was. We could have played all day and night and not scored. It was one of them. Yeah, um, it, it was a little bit like uh, Saturday, the Northampton game. 
uh, or Friday it was, wasn't it? The Friday, yeah. yeah. Um, looked like we tried to win it in the first half an hour. Yeah. Um, so we really went at them. Um, and there was a few obvious chances, like Thompson in the post and Gregory failing with the, the rebound. Um, right. Then Wallace made a, a few good runs down that, that side there and uh, Gregory at the post again. Um, so it was relentless pressure and it was saves from this keeper in there as well. He was never going to have a game like that again. No. Um, I've got a, a colleague of mine who's a, a Fleetwood supporter right. um, and he's been lucky enough to follow them up from, from their non-league, humble non-league start. I mean, it's quite a story, John, isn't it? I mean, just it as, as an aside, it, it's a it's a true football fairy tale in, in many respects because, as you say, they were Northern League, I think. Um, they were certainly not a name in the non-league circles that I'd heard of particularly. No, absolutely. They were a regional team and they've, they've had nothing but success over the last few, well, last decade or so. Yeah, um, yeah. And he sent me a message at half-time saying, you, you should be 5-0 up here, not 1-0 down. Yeah. Um, it really was that level of absolutely battered them. And on the upside, I'm, I'm conscious that this is going out after the, the Oxford game, so I'll recall two endings and you can slip the right <laughs> one in there. Where... <laughs> Either I'm bemoaning our lack of playoffs or, uh, <laughs> or saying I told you so, it was never in any doubt. But if we do make it, um, I'd fancy us to go Fleetwood over two legs. Um, really? I, you okay. know, I really think they're there for the taking. Um, particularly if, as things stand today, we're <coughs> Wednesday night, um, yeah. Yeah. as things stand today, they're still in touch with Bolton in second. Well, they and are. I'd quite like to be playing a, a third place team who have had that disappointment, they're just missing out. Yeah. And having seen that we can create chances against these, and, you know, we won't have a, the keeper won't have another game like that. And I don't think our strikers will miss quite as many chances as, well, it, that sounds harsh, actually. I don't think the strikers did particularly badly, other than perhaps Gregory's rebound. They just. Just would not go in. Well, it's um, one of the points I wanted to make. I'm just looking at the BBC stats, which I, I'm not a huge lover of these stats um, graphics, but here it is anyway. Shots on target, or shots for Mill 16. Shots on target, John, nine shots on target. You know, just taking that point you've made there, the the strike force have done their job. They can You can do no more than get the ball on target. And if the goalkeeper performs miracles, that's out of your control, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's... It really was just one of those days. Mm. Um, and the goal, um, when it came, um, it looks terrible on the replay, admittedly. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm no defensive coach, indeed, no coach of any variety whatsoever. I'm just an idiot <laughs> who watches the match every couple of weeks. But, <laughs> no, um, no. no. <laughs> Marlon Romeo, I think a little bit of a, it came from a free kick. Um, and I think Romeo got beaten by his man and then pulled his man back. A little right. bit of inexperience there, I thought, which is understandable for a lad in his first yeah. proper season. Yeah. Um, but just prior to that, Hutchison has, has had to go off dazed from a sort of clash of heads, and indeed he didn't come back out for that second half. Right. Um, so actually for the goal, it was a sort of avoidable free kick, and then we were a man short when it comes to defending that, that yeah. free kick. Um so you sort of, I don't know, maybe I'm making excuses for him a little bit, but it looked worse than it was, I think. Um, it was sort of an understandable one to concede in the circumstances. It it wasn't that the defence let anybody down on Saturday. It was, as I say, just the fact that we could not get past that keeper. Yeah, I'm mean, just looking at the teams here. Hutchinson substitute for Cooper in 45, and I suppose Cooper's come straight into a defensive situation, cold. And as you say, they've taken their chance when it when it came. Um uh, Uwe Rossler managing Fleetwood. Um, I've always thought of him as quite a canny manager, and he's, he's he's clearly doing a job up there at the moment, John. As you say, in third spot as we, we're recording this, <clears throat> with an outside shot at the second second position, it's it's quite an incredible feat for uh, for Fleetwood. Yeah, and, and fair play to him. And I, I'd certainly far rather be playing them than Bolton, though. I think Bolton right. are a, a good solid side. If they drop down to third, I wouldn't fancy that one. No, um, we've struggled against Bolton, haven't we? I mean, uh, yeah. I don't think we got close to them up there and, and we struggled against them at home. So, um, yeah, I, I know what you mean about Bolton. Um, but there we are. I mean, we, we, our, our playoff position isn't done and dusted. We've got a game coming up um, on uh, versus Oxford um, when this show goes out. Um, we can't really afford to drop any points from here. I mean, it's got to be a win on Saturday to, to consolidate this situation, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I, I don't know what... I, 
I'll throw some questions at you now, Nick. Actually, I'll be frosty or Nixon if I'm on. Go on, then. Go, what go. do you think? Do you think we'll, we'll make it? Do you think we'll get in there, skin of our teeth job? Or? We, sh- we, we should do. I think with the uh, you couldn't set it up um, more in our favour than to have that starting eleven. We've got Morrison, Gregory, O'Brien, a goal-scoring trio that other teams will give their right arms for. Um, Wallace seems to be coming into form at the moment. We seem to be playing to our strengths going forwards. Um we, you just said it right. I mean, we're not going to get another uh, day, hopefully, where a goalkeeper performs so far out of his skin that um, every single shot and bombardment that goes against the opposition goal um, is kept out by whatever miracle. Um, so Oxford should be beatable. Um, I don't know who Southend have got on Saturday, but from what I've read of their... Uh, they, they lost, I think it was to, to um, uh, MK, Dons. MK Dons on Bank Holiday Monday. Um, and from what I read, because I follow a couple of their their Twitter feeds, um, it sounded quite a, a, a lily livered performance. So possibly they're feeling the um, you know the, the the kind of marathon season. So it's set in our favour. So my I'm going to tempt fate here, Lady Luck or whatever. I'm going to say yes, we will do it. We should win on Saturday, and anything other than a win for Southend will secure it for us. So um, we, yeah, I'm, I'm going to back us. Whether we whether we'll make it into the championship John's a different question and that's probably a bigger question if we do get through to a final we do by some method get into the championship um, my question and my thought is whether we're set up to to survive at that higher level I I think we'll struggle up there with um, the approach and the uh, the squad that's showing showing it's fraying around the edges even in League One let alone what the teams in the championship will do with their their, their, their command of money and, and wealth you know um, yeah, different I, question, I, isn't it? I, I sort of see it the other way around, um, in a way, Nick. Insofar as you know, I've seen we blame the cup run um, for the yeah. sort of yeah. just dipping outside. But I think the reason we are where we are is more the start of the season. Um, you know, we had a lousy start to the season. We did absolutely lousy to the extent that when we went on that fifteen-game unbeaten run, we only made it up to eighth. So. You know, it's, it's that that's cost us. And I think, actually, Aris has done an half-decent job insofar as it took him a while to spot what was going wrong with that defence and move Craig out to left-back. But he did it. Yes, um, he did, yeah. Come Christmas, we, we're crying out for a, a centre-half and a winger. He got a centre-half and a winger in. Um, the form after the Cup games, yes, we've dropped points. We've, you know, a few too many nil-nil draws, but we've kept in touch. Um and I just, I just get the feel of a side coming together, perhaps a little bit at the right time. Um, I wouldn't have liked to go into the playoffs, you know, hopelessly looking on the positives here. You don't really want to go into the playoffs thinking, oh, it's six games unbeaten and there's a there's a defeat to come. So that defeat is hopefully out of the way now. If we can secure the points we need to get in there, I don't see any teams in the current three to six that particularly scare me. Um, no, no. Uh, I mean... Do you- you know, worrying about the championship to a degree is um, it's neither here nor there. Really, we've we've got a, a task in front of us that we've got to got to execute. That's all these players can do. Um, the backing that Harris may or may not get if he if we do make it into the championship is is a separate question for you know him and John Berylson to to resolve over the summertime. But first things first, we've actually got to get there. Um, yeah, I, I, I fancy us, John. I mean, I, 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 this, this might all sound very hollow um, if, yeah. if it well, doesn't work this out. This is where we'll record the second ending. We'll save that for next Wednesday after the, the Oxford result, John. I'll give you another call, mate, and we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll review where this um, bout of optimism has, has actually left us. Um, I mean, obviously, we've, 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 we've got two games. It's in our hands. We, we have the home fixture. And we have a team there that's really capable of scoring goals, as we saw against Northampton. Um, a funny game in, in up for other reasons, but that was that was a blistering first half that we served up there. And possibly if other events hadn't have happened off the field, we would have carried it on and um, you know given our, our goal difference a good scene too as well. So I think if we can approach Oxford in a similar manner, if we can get an early goal and if we can build on that, yeah, there's every reason to be optimistic for for at least qualification for the top six, and then we we see who we're going to get in the in the playoffs. Um, I think you're right. Fleetwood probably would be my my choice if I if I have one. Um, but in the end, you've got to you've got to face whoever you've got to face. You know. Yeah, uh, and I think people have made the point that you know maybe it's a season too soon for us. But you know, you don't get 
we've been round the block a little bit, and you don't get the uh, the luxury of choosing. No, you don't. I don't, I don't. You've got to play the cards that have built you, and uh, you know, I think we're a, a squad on a, a precipice at the minute. Insofar as if we don't go up, you can see that squad breaking up to a certain extent, and yeah, probably yeah. another three years in in League One while we attempt to rebuild it. And if we do go up, then potentially the younger kids push on, stay with us that little bit longer because they're getting exposure to the championship football. And, you know, who knows what investment might be made. Um, but it just, it does feel one way or the other. Like this is quite a pivotal season in our uh, our immediate future, um, insofar as whether we can keep these players together or whether they, they break up a little bit. Uh, John, we're Millwall fans, mate. Every season's a pivotal season. We, 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 it's always, a, it's always a fight for our existence, isn't it? And there's always, there's always, we're always on the edge of a, of a, of a cliff. Um, I, I think you're right. I mean, clearly, our two of our best players, Jake Cooper and, and um, Jed Wallace, aren't aren't actually ours at the moment. They're 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 on on, on the tick, aren't they? Um, and Morrison, you know, he's we we love him to pieces, but he's he's coming towards the end of his career. Lee Gregory, we don't. He's always there's rumours he wants to, he's going to be moving on at some stage. But then that's Millwall. You know, we're not Barcelona. Um, it, it's always a a shifting sands. You know, everything held together with sellotape type of club, isn't it? Every, it we're always on the uh, on the precipice of um, triumph and disaster. It's uh, it's why we love it, I think. So um, right, you wouldn't have it any other way, would you? Absolutely. So yeah, that's fantastic, John. I think I might take you on that offer of reviewing the optimism next week, next Wednesday after the Oxford game. So um, uh, be, try and be available midweek, mate. We'll have another talk then. We'll see where we stand after the Oxford yeah. result. <laughs> That's All fair. right, well, I'll, uh, I'll rent some space in a church basement and form a support group. That's fantastic. John, uh, John Shipman, our Northern correspondent, many thanks, mate. I'm all on my own, dear listeners, in Mick Cooper's corporate box. It's about 20 to 3 at the moment. Yeah, 20 to 3. Um, I've just arrived at the den. Mick's invited me in very kindly for some, um, you know, to help promote his, his upcoming charity game. And I'm the only one here. It's quite a strange experience, actually. It's almost like I've got my own corporate box and I'm going to pretend that's the case. Welcome to today's show, dear listeners. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, as you know by now, if you've tuned into the show many times before. Here we are at the Den for the critical game against Oxford United. The script says Oxford are a mid-table side. Um, hopefully with nothing to play for. And the script says that we need a win to stay in the top six and therefore remain in the playoff spots. That's the script. Would it follow script? That's the, uh, the, the $64,000 question. That's the playoff question. Uh, today's team news um, is Jordan Archer in goal. Jordan Archer returns in, uh, in, in, in defence today in goal. Uh, Tony Craig on the left um, in place of Joe Martin, who had his critics online. Um, I didn't see any of these recent Joe Martin performances. But Tony Craig I like and has played well in, in the left-back position, captain of, the, of today's side. In the centre of defence, we've got um, Byron Webster and Jake Cooper, returning Jake Cooper, our lone player till the end of the season, at least. And then on the other side, Romeo on the right-hand side. In, in the middle, Ben Thompson, Shawnee Williams. Either side of them, we've got Jed Wallace, who scored a fan, utterly fantastic goal against Northampton whilst I was away on holiday with a family. So I missed it. Um, also some other dramatic events which we dealt with in last week's show um, but yeah it's a fantastic goal a real um, landmark goal in many respects for Jed Wallace and on the other side of him Aidan O'Brien also scored a brilliant volley of course against Northampton uh, up front Steve Morrison Lee Gregory I'm going to go outside and see what the atmosphere is like brilliant sunny day here in South Bermondsey team's warming up as we speak it's a player of the season awards so I'm just going to go outside for that Byron Webster second in last week's Player of the season, though, of course. Um, had a really good season. I like Byron. I bet you do too. And he came second to Steve Morrison. Spoiler alert in today's award ceremony. I think I probably just committed the cardinal sin of continuity error in, in terms of sound, soundscape by coming inside, come, starting outside, going inside, and coming back in outside. But, hey, that's the kind of podcast this is. That's how we roll. Junior Lions player of the year now. Steve Morrison for that too. Who else? Usually deserved. 32-year-old Steve Morrison. Or is he 33? Or is he 34? I don't know. How old is Steve Morrison? Does anyone know how old he is? Or does he have an age? Was he just, did he emerge fully formed 
from the body of Zeus. Yeah, get on with it, Dina. Fantastic. Good applause to Steve Morrison around the ground there. Unrichly deserved, as we said, a number of times already. 15 minutes before kickoff, and barely a block's worth of Oxford fans in the away end. Um, so maybe they've got it written off as a, as a, as a Millwall win. Hopefully that's a good sign. A round of applause now for the Millwall medical team, dear listeners, who have assembled on the pitch. Um, fantastic work performed by the medical team last week, saving the life of one of our fans upstairs. There's a couple of appeals online. We've, we've given a boost to that last week, and we will give another boost to that again this week. Listen to that. Standing, standing applause all around the ground. Fantastic. Well deserved, well deserved. And applause at the Oxford end. That's nice to see. Oxford fans also standing up over there. That's nice to see the Oxford fans stand up as well. Achtung, Milbal. Got a very special guest now for you, listeners. Uh, Adam Summers, of formerly of the Prince of Princess of Wales's Royal Regiment. Welcome uh, to the show, Adam. Cheers, thank you. You've just told most um, funny story, and I didn't have me recorder on. Now you've seen active service in Iraq, mate. Haven't you? Yeah, I was in Iraq in 2004, um, and, and, and in some ways, I'd like to sort of thank me all football club and the supporters because I remember when uh, Leo Callahan who was from Burgundy yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. when he passed away, you know, there was a lot of support from the supporters here and, and the football club itself, you know, and, they, and it, was, it was quite warming yeah. to see. So. Now, I've watched some clips, um, Mick was kind of seen a couple of clips of some TV shows have been done about yourself and colleagues in, out there in Iraq. But you've just told a funny story. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got to kick off with a funny story, because, I mean, otherwise, you know, what, what, what are we here for? But you were serving in Iraq in 2004. That's right, yeah. I was, in, I was at a place called Simic Kass in Alamara, which is like an apex of the river. And basically, it was, it, was, it, was, it was action happening every day. And what happened was, um, obviously, Mill were in the FA Cup final in 2004, <laughs> and I was gutted that I couldn't make it, and all my pals and my family were going. Yeah. So we was watching it in the TV in camp, and uh, one of the teams went out and got in a firefight. So we was QRF, so we had to go out and help them. And as we got into the street, we got ambushed quite heavily. And we come into a doorway, uh, and what our commander said was, right, boot the door down, we're getting for the house, get up to the roofs and we'll cut across. And as we run through this front room, the family was sat there, sort of looked to say, like, what are these lunatics in uniform doing? And they had their FA Cup final one. And Millwall were one nil down, and I thought, I definitely knew that some, some carnage was going to happen. It sort of added uh, fire to my fuel, but yeah. It's fantastic. I had to get you to repeat that, because you just told it, and it made me burst out laughing. What a fantastic story. We're going to come back to you later on when the game's on, Adam. No, lovely. Cheers. Uh, Honoured to have you on the show, mate. Thank you very much, mate. Achtung. Milbal. We're just waiting for the entrance of the two teams. What a fantastic story there from Adam Summers. Here come the teams. One thing I do like about the, the um, corporate box is you get a comfy seat. And when you get to my stage of life, dear listeners, you like a comfy seat. Cushions. Quality. Like the kind of stuff you used to get in uh, Cheeseman's at Lewisham's, talking earlier on online about faded and lost department stores, including Cheeseman's of Lewisham, Hines of Eltham, Harding and Hobbs, I think they were at uh, Clapham Junction. What am I prattling on about? I don't know. It's the tension of the big build-up to today's proceedings. Mill versus Oxford, must win. We've had a few must wins lately. This is a must win, must, must win. And as I say, the script says Oxford should roll over and die. Let's see. Beautiful sunny day. A um, little bit cool earlier. A little bit of rain this morning, but it's certainly warm enough now. I've left my jacket in the in the box because it's bloody hot otherwise. Nice and sunny. What fluffy white clouds above the uh, the vista that is South Bermondsey. From this angle of the ground, you can see the renewal offices looking over. It's like the governor's mansion in Imperial Delhi. Neil Harris called for a unity of fans and players in today's critical game. It's a good turnout. The uh, stand opposite, Barricage in the stand, looks three-quarters full. Cold Blow Lane in, looks three-quarters full, so I'm going to guess the stand two. Good atmosphere building. 
good atmosphere. Lions going to kick us off, dear listeners, attacking the away end of the first half, as is traditional. Oxford in all yellow, Lions in their blue and white stripes. Away we go. Lions attacking the away end. In the brilliant sunshine of a South Bermondsey day. So it's like a song, should be a song about that. There are no great songs about Bermondsey. There's Lambeth Walk. I don't remember any of Bermondsey's. A little chip ball forwards early on. Oxford will bring away. Pitch looking in good condition. It's looked a bit ropey at times in recent recent days, but it's looking quite nice from this angle. Quite low, low down in the um, corporate boxes. You're kind of at the top of the lower tier, really. So you get kind of a flatter view of the pitch. Uh, but from this angle, pitch looks pretty good. There's Wallace, little chip ball through. Finds O'Brien coming down the left-hand side. He's got Gregory running through into the centre. He's delayed a moment. There are yellow shirts in front of him. What can he do? Take his man on. He's trying to create space, but the shot's blocked. So a handball there. God referee sees nothing. Morrison in the physical mix of it, and they clear. It was away last week. Big thanks to Harry Warren for supplying the live coverage of Gillingham and the Northampton events. Oh, he did a fantastic job. Big thank you to Harry for that, for doing that. Pulled me out of trouble. It's been pretty much relentless Millwall pressure since kickoff, as I understand it was up there at um, Fleetwood on, on Easter Monday, but to, to no avail for us there. That's been put out by Marlon Romeo. A little bit of uh, relief there for, for the Oxford side. Coming up for the fifth minute. Shot on target from distance. 1-0 to Oxford from the edge of the, of the D, of the penalty area. A reflex shot there. First foray forwards. It's a, a good take in all fairness. Should Archer done better? He stretched. He didn't get near to the ball. 1-0 Oxford. Ball packs around at the edge of the penalty area. And the man takes on the first time volley. Well taken goal. Nicely put away, but that's not in the script. I might be harsh on there, Archer. Should he have done better? I don't know. Been a bright start for Millwall, but to go a goal behind was certainly unexpected. Let's put it that way. Oxford back on the attack again. There's their 14. About halfway inside the Millwall half. They sprayed the ball wide left. Chance for another shot on goal. That's 2-0. And Archer should have done better for that goal. It's bubbled in front of him. Got over his hand. 2-0 down. Dear, oh dear. Wide play. Ball sprayed wide. Another dipping shot from the, uh, the left-hand side that's bubbled over Jordan Archer's hand for 2-0 down inside the first eight minutes. Should he have done better, Archer? I think he should have done better for the first, yeah, done better for the second. Yeah, both. Absolutely. Both goals. I, think, I think King was uh, dropped up. He didn't deserve dropping, basically. I, I agree with that. I think harsh on Tom King to be dropped there, listeners. That, will that decision come back to haunt Neil Harris? Lying straight back on the attack now. It's... Uh, Eight and a half minutes, nine minutes in. Two nil down now. Disastrous start after a bright opening five minutes. <laughs> Oxford uh, singing their series all again next year. I think they might be right at the moment. Looking wobbly, Jordan Archer. He's looking very wobbly. I think his nerves have been shredded. Oxford spraying the ball backwards and forwards across the pitch at the moment. Uh, Will, we're sitting behind them, as is our, our, our want. Um, but they're exploiting the, the, the wings very well. Here they go again, the three coming down the left-hand side, as I'm saying that. So uh, 10 minutes, 11 minutes, that's a good challenge there. And Wallace will bring, a, bring it away. Huge amount of debate online as to whether we deserve to go up, presuming that we get into the playoffs, and that's not cut and dried, given the current situation. But um, do we deserve to go up? Can we stay up? Um, clearly, clearly not. With the current squad, I think I think it's a willing squad, and it has its limitations. You get past the first eleven quite quickly, but we look uh, once again for a team with um, a great defensive record this season. We look oddly frail in defence, whether that's nerves or exhaustion, I, I don't know what. But certainly at the moment, we've not looked the the, the team that went. How many was it unbeaten? It was, it was, a, it was a long long distance unbeaten. Anyway, we've got a lucky break. Is Morrison finds Wallace? Wallace's cross is too close to the goal. It's going to go out for a goal kick on. 15 minutes, 15 minutes in debate with Roundus Mick about whether Harris has made an error dropping, dropping King for Archer. I mean, both of the goals are going to put down for Archer at the moment. I, I think so. Um, I mean, especially as the, the last home game, like, King made some great state. No, well, I mean, it's not that he didn't do anything wrong. I think he had a great game. Yeah. You know, he had a, he had a really good game. If it was a tighter game, he was a candidate for man of the match, I think. Yeah, exactly. Coming up for the 18-minute mark, still 2-0 to Oxford. I suppose the one um, consolation, if and it really is clutching at straws, is there's plenty of time yet to play with to try and recover the situation. That is clutching at straws somewhat, isn't it, dear listeners? A bit like the bloke on the Titanic saying, well, we might be sinking, 
but at least there's plenty of wreckage around to float on, you know, to hold you up in the water. Um, at the moment, the line's looking a little bit um, unimaginative, in all honesty. And Oxford have exploited their, their flank, their flanks very, very well. So, coming up for 18 and a half minutes, and um, news is a little bit bleak. Halfway through the first half, the line's very much on the back foot at the moment, two goals down, can't afford a third. Not an awful lot of zip to the Lions play at the moment, dear, dear listeners. Um, Oxford looking very much uh, in the driving seat as we go past the 23rd minute. Lions just not clicking at the moment, dear listeners. Not clicking at all. Misfiring. A bit like my first car, that's a 120 wire I had back in 1978. It was a 120 wide I had. It had so much chrome on it that um, well, it, it, it glimmered. The it was only the rust that stopped it glimmering still more, really. And my, one of my early memories was an automatic. And I, I, I always had this fancy to drive an automatic because I'd seen it on the American cop shows. And I was in the Walnuts parking um, par car park. sits above the Walnuts shopping centre in Orpington. And I was on the top floor. And I decided I would drive one-handed because that's what you can do in automatics, or so I thought. And I took the corkscrew... Uh, descent all the way down from I think it was about eight floors high the Walnut Shopping Centre it's certainly up high and there's no one else up there but ball in from the Ryan side Archer takes it's on 26 minutes as I prattle on about my corkscrew turn down the Walnut's car park and I misjudged my bottom turn as I came out to where you paid the man as um, as you came out of the car park and I, I misjudged my turn I, I was driving one handed uh, for reasons that are hard to explain in retrospect and I drove straight into his wooden hut, um, which actually moved it. I didn't realise it wasn't fixed, apparently. The wooden hut of the old walnuts then, I don't know about now, was not fixed to the floor. And I drove straight into it as I turned out of the bottom, bottom um, corkscrew. And that physically knocked his hut forwards by a couple of feet, dented my car, of course. And um, <laughs> I, I got out of the car to um, go and inspect the damage to my car and, and to the, the hut and to the man inside who came out looking a bit like Benny Hill with his glasses askew. He stuck his head out the window and said, what happened there? I said, I, I drove into you, mate. Uh, and what I hadn't realised was the barrier had raised whilst I'm looking at all this um, scene of in incompetent driving. And then it came down across my shoulders. The, the barrier descended across my shoulders. And what I learned, which I never knew, is that it actually made out of balsa wood. So you, it, it snapped off across my shoulders as I was inspecting the damage to his heart and my car. And the, uh, the barrier snapped off. So... <laughs> I, I, I kind of made my excuses and left. It didn't hurt, it just snapped off. It's quite lightweight wood and who knew. Um, so I left this kind of scene of devil. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Station of um, the car park. The car was still drivable, thankfully, and I managed to um, drive off back home to Bexley Heath, leaving behind a moved hut and a snapped-off car barrier at the Walnuts. It was 1978 I did that. Uh, I learned, though, I learned always drive two-handed. There's a lack of momentum about the whole ground. Everything stops. We're two goals down and nothing's happening. And there's, there's a sense of um, sense of imminent disaster. Chap in front just said he should have stayed at home. I make him right. I think we all should have stayed at home. There's people retreated back to their corporate boxes to watch it on the telly, have a drink. 
And who can blame them? Because at the moment, the Lions are doing nothing. It's been a strange season in many respects of uh, fits and starts. I know every season is a, a marathon run, not a, not a sprint. But we, we've been inconsistent at critical periods of, of the season. And I think today we're seeing another inconsistent performance so far. Certainly to have so much at stake on the table and to make changes like Jill Nash coming back is, is questionable. Um, I know injury may have forced in... Um, certainly uh, Cooper back into central defence I wouldn't really quibble with that um, Hutchinson has played well but has looks you know fragile but certainly to bring Archer back when King has done nothing wrong is, is inconsistent and the actual playing performance we, we started brightly today but we've not looked consistent again 42 minutes free kick to Oxford right hand side just on the corner of the just outside the corner of the mill penalty area no clear-cut chances for the Lions in the first half. There's an opportunity for Oxford to blast it high over the bar. They've gone a little bit off the ball after that blistering opening um, phase of the game, the first 10 minutes. They've not looked nearly as dangerous nor as swift on the counter-attack, but they still do not look out of it at all. We can't rest on any laurels. Um, we're all really looking to get through the half-time uh, keeping it just down to the two goals and have a, a, a half-time powwow to reform and regroup uh, because at the moment we're looking like little lost lambs. There's half-time. Booze for that performance. Um, justified booze. Yeah, but justified booze. That was a poor performance by Millwall. They opened up brightly, been caught by two sucker punches, um, been pulled apart in the early phase of the game by Oxford. And um, they're going two goals down in a game that is a must-win. So there, yeah, booze. Booze rightly so. Half-time break, 2-0 to Oxford United. going to interrupt a group of middle-aged men discussing the club scene in Ibiza. And <laughs> 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 they had a used to rave year, years ago. <laughs> last year. Last year. What a poor performance for the first half. Um, inconsistent season, Mick. I mean, it, we, we've, had, we've looked really good in patches this season, haven't we? On, on our day, we look good. And other days, yeah. we look like that. We, we look yeah. lost. Yeah, I've... Uh... I mean, I don't think we're good enough no, to, to I, go I, up this I don't, season. I don't think. Balance of that, no. Yeah, um, and, I, and um, but yeah, in, inconsistent is probably the, probably the right word. And I think we've got the quality in the team. Yeah. I just think as I've been saying this all season, but I'd like to see, like if you look at what Oxford have got, they got the uh, the manager Michael Appleton, who's a, yeah. like, apparently a great coach, right? But um, he's got Steve Perryman in. As like supporting yeah, right? so yeah, I, yeah. you know that's that's what I think I think Mill needs. You know I'm a big fan of, of, of Neil Harris, but I think he does make mistakes, and I think dropping Tom King was a mistake today. Yeah. And um, I just think sometimes he can be tactically naive, and I think he's got a great future ahead of him. But I think he just kind of needs needs some spot. I can't see anyone in that setup who's got like the. You know that sort of tactical brain on them. I don't, I don't think in that setup we've got. You know, I, I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't believe that that, that, that Dave Livermore is that is that man. <laughs> well, he showed no signs of that as a player, did no, he? Well, that's, um, that's which I mean. you know, I know is a harsh judgment, but we, we we seem to struggle. And I, I don't know. I think you made a good point during the first half. I mean, we we struggled against Tottenham, well, perhaps the footballing side in modern English yeah. football at the moment. Yeah. And we're struggling against Oxford. And in fairness to them, I thought they defended well. Uh, yeah. And they played the ball quite well, quite nicely. Yeah. They've exploited the wings. And we don't do that enough, do we? I just think if you look at Mill, for me, what sums it up is we're nearly a really good side. Yeah, nearly. Yeah. You know, that's Nearly team. Yeah. That's what, that's, <laughs> that's what, I, think, that, that's what I think it is. And, I, and, you know, if you look individually, all of those players, there's nobody that you'd look at where you think there's a weak link. No. I don't think... I don't think it's we, just not good I don't today. Think we, I don't think we've, we've potentially got that. So, for me... It's got to be about what happens on the training ground. Happens at the training ground. I don't. Yeah. Think quite, I just think I don't think it's quite. Good There's enough. a piece missing in the jigsaw. Yeah. I, think, I think you're right. Yeah. Big 45 minutes coming up. Listen, this anyway. Achtung, Milbal. Now then, listeners, I want to promote a charity football match. As I've mentioned it a couple of times, I'm going to mention it again because I don't care. Um, charity football match, Mill Legends versus the Princess of Wales Royal Regiment Tigers. We spoke earlier on to Adam. I um, just want to remind you of the date and the means of buying the tickets. Sunday the 14th of May, 3pm at the Den. 
Uh, tickets are on sale. I've seen the tickets available on the on the ticket website, the MillFC, www.millfc.co.uk, and also um, the Princess of Wales Royal Regiment's website, www.pwrr.org.uk. Confirmed players, we've got Mike Taylor, Terry Herlock, Sean Sparham, Gary Alexander, Jimmy Carter, Kevin Bremner, Mark Beard, Stuart Nevercott, Scott Fitzgerald and Dave Livermore, managed by Les Briley. And uh, Mick's pointing out the hook, the, the unique selling point, which is Teddy Sheringham and Neil Harris playing up front in a middle side. Um, the dream the dream front front two, Mick. I mean, the, the, the Sheringham, the best player I've ever seen, the middle shirt. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go along with that. I think he, yeah, definitely Teddy Sheringham's the best, the, the, you know, the best. Well, if you look at that, the, the you know, our two leading scorers of all time are Teddy Sheringham and Neil Harris. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely, but we do have a star footballer alongside us playing for the Princess of Wales Royal Regiment side, <laughs> Adam Summers, who we spoke to at the start of the show. You're, you're, you're taking the field, Adam, I understand. Did I hear that right when you're talking? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm playing. <laughs> How's your fitness, <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's his level of the veterans, to be fair. Mind you, look at some of these names. They might not be 90 minute men. Yeah, no. yeah, funny enough, I, I, um, I played a couple of games against Gary, Gary Alexander, yeah. so I'm looking quite forward to that and see if we can still have the same rivalry that we used to have. <laughs> uh, that'd be quite interesting, yeah. What's the rest of the side like? Is, is, uh, do you know any other boys in the in the, uh, in the Tigers team? Oh yeah, no, um, a lot of the Tigers. They'll be taking you lot... seriously, won't they? Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially Brian Wood, who will treat it like the FA Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the, a lot of the play, a lot of the players we all play together in the in a regimental team anyway. So right, okay. Um, it, it, it'd be great fun to get everyone together and. Um... It's a fantastic course. Um, if you, everyone listening to the show, just log on. Even if you can't make the game, you buy a ticket. Um, it all goes to the. Uh, PWRR um, support fund, which is fantastic, does brilliant work with um, our uh, ex-servicemen who, who, who give everything for our country, and it deserves support. So get on the website now, uh, millfc.co.uk or pwrr.org.uk. You can buy a ticket, and even if you can't make the game, you can support the event by buying a ticket. And um, best of luck to Adam on the day, mate. <laughs> Stay out of trouble. Achtung. <laughs> Mailball. A couple of half-time tweets. I'm liking this one from the man in block 11. Jordan Archer shows the reflexes of a cat. If that cat is the 68-year-old cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> a cat that should be put down. But... Mill halfway line says Tom King will be feeling very hard done by at the moment. I think you're right there, Mill halfway line. Um, it goes on to say it's not a disastrous season by any means, but today in the Fleetwood result confirmed that we're not good enough. Next year will be the moment of truth. Another one here from the man in block 11. He says he hasn't seen anyone slowly leap over the top of shots like Jordan Archer since Neo in the Matrix. He's on good form today. Misery clearly inspires the humour of the man in block 11. This is Millwall says we've bottled it. This is worse than West Ham's half-time entertainment. Uh, Ed Castle, as bad as we've been all season. I think you're getting the picture. And Henshaw, finally, because I think we were, get, we're gathering the, um, the picture online. Terrible misjudgment putting Archer into today's Millwall team. I think I'll stop it there, dear listeners. Ferguson's in for the second half. Craig has gone out. We've been murdered down the, uh, the left-hand side. That's more of an attacking move, obviously. Um, let's see. We'll see. Oh, blimey. Hey! Mr. Den has left the stadium. That's, we've not heard that one for many, many years. Where's Mr. Den been? Along with Elvis in, the, in, in, in somewhere in Las Vegas or somewhere. Mr. Den. I suppose one thing it does do is it at least keeps you May free, listeners. You want to get away on those cheap holidays? No need to worry about any playoff finals at the moment, that's for sure. Ten now making an attacking run along the line. He's into the box. Pulls it back across the face of goal. Uh, and will clear it, thankfully. Try and release it direct and gives it straight back to the Oxford Oxford defender. It's, it's been um, predictable, grimly predictable. And they look like they want that third goal to kill the game off. Crowd trying to do its bit by getting behind the players. They've given us nothing to get behind so far in this game. 54 minutes. Oxford fans asking if it's a library. It's a particularly poorly stocked library if it is. Full of uh, Mills and Boone dog-eared old um, stories of romantic, uh, you know, heartbreak. My body language is um, betraying my emotions again. Ball over the top, trying to find Lee Gregory. Runs through it, Paul Shane. No, Brian! Oh, saved by the goalkeeper when he was uh, in front of goal with no one behind him. 
Massive chance missed by Agdo Brian. First chance for Millwall in 60 minutes. Should have done better there. I want to see the replay, if they'll show it. Like Aidan O'Brien was through on goal, only the goalkeeper to beat him, managed to clear it. No replay, unfortunately. Chance wasted, like, takes the stuffing out of the stadium, and all around me I see people just sitting there, um, almost with resigned acceptance that this is not going to go our way today. This is Oxford on the attack, a shot from distance. Batted away by Joe Jordan Archer on full stretch. Corner. Their shooting has been accurate, in all honesty, Oxford. They've, they've looked by far the more attractive side, and when they've come forwards and, and put a shot on goal, um, Jordan Archer's had to do work or, or flap at it and miss it entirely, as the case may be. 61 minutes, corner. Been a sense of inevitability about this game ever since that second goal uh, went past Archer, bubbled over his hand, his outstretched hand. And ever since then, there's been a sense of doom around the den. Well, sunlit acceptance of uh, maybe like the sunny, sunny sides old people's home, where you, you know you have like, images of fluffy white clouds as you expire. That sense of um, sunlit doom. Oxford corner on 70 minutes. Left hand side corner for Oxford. In it comes. It's uh, angled. That's three 0 far post. Three 0 I'm afraid that is game over. Curling corner. In at the far right-hand post and headed in from close range by the, uh, the 35, I think it is. The 3-0, deservedly so. I can't argue with the result. We've done nothing to um, we've done nothing to get ourselves into this game. And now we've conceded the third goal, the critical third goal. If we were going to have a half a chance, then we needed to get one back to 2-1. That finishes it, I'm afraid, dear listeners. I can't see us coming back from this, and we do not deserve to come back from this. People below me going home. They've seen enough. I don't blame them. All around the den, people filing for the exits. There you go. A behooded group of adolescents, aged about 15, have gathered in front of us. All rather silly, in all honesty. It looks embarrassing. Who are these people? Where they come from? Quite why you'd want to run on the pitch after this shambles of a performance is beyond me. But anyway, what do I know? Don't run on the pitch. Oh, mug. If he thinks he's going to evade the law, well, I don't know. People running on the pitch. Absolutely fucking stupid. I'm actually getting to the point of having enough of doing my podcast. How about that? Well, no, it sounds a bit ironic, so I'm standing with my microphone describing what I'm seeing, but it's embarrassing to see this group of tosspots hooded, waving their mobile phones around in front of me. It really is. Voice to the side of me says, you're shit, Millwall. And that's about the best summary of today's events that I can, I can think of. Pithy to the point descriptive Oxford playing possession football to take the mickey out of the, of the Millwall side and they are uh, their football has been a different uh, different quality to ours today and um, they're looking in search of a fourth they've got every chance again here comes a two down the right hand side ball in the box and it'll be uh, just pressure relieved by, by Wallace it's going to go into the Oxford up. they're going to recover there in all fairness Oxford have, have done well for us to, uh, against us today this is Jed Wallace going down the left-hand side, ball into the box. Near post, cleared by the Oxford defence. They've done very well this afternoon. Um, really can't complain at the result. It's a bit like the Spurs syndrome. You uh, Sometimes you get thumped, and we got thumped today, to be absolutely blunt. Referee ends it. Kids run on the pitch. There we are, 3-0. It finishes. We're back after these messages. Um, big welcome now to our regular correspondent, Harry Warren. Welcome back to the show, Harry. Cheers, mate. We, uh, there's a, listeners will detect there's a, there's a less than um, Skype level um, line today because rather like Mill's performance yesterday, Harry, it's been a bit of a stuttering um, start to the day. We, we couldn't talk to each other, as I, I think um, Byron Webster and, and Jake Cooper and, and our Jordan Archer didn't yesterday. It's a similar kind of turnout, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like I'm uh, Mill cunt of the year. I'm going to the club dinner tonight. I'm wondering if that's going to be one of the awards that comes up. There's going to be an interesting evening's proceedings after that uh, poor show yesterday. It was. It was. Um, maybe we can get. A- Maybe we can get a whip there. We'll get a children archer a set of beekeeping gloves. We might be able to keep some fucking shots out from giving it. Oh dear! I mean, this start off with the obvious, the the blindingly bleeding obvious. Why would you drop Tom King 
after what I understand was a decent performance against Northampton. I don't know about um, Fleetwood, um, but um, why would you drop him in favour of um, the, the prodigal son who, who, who was responsible for the opening two devastating goals? You know, hindsight's easy, Harry, but this is one what you're judged on as a football manager, isn't it? I think he's got a number one clause in his contract. Um, and that's the only thing I can think of. I don't think Ellis is a muck. So, I mean, you look at the evidence is that he brought him back at Sheffield United away and he got injured again. Yeah. And uh, he, he came back yesterday and he, he was shit. So, as he's saying, I am fit, I am ready. And he's got the clause there. I mean, I reckon probably last season they would have given him anything to stay there and in the summer. I think he's one of the players who had a renegotiated deal in the summer. That's got a number one guaranteed number one, then then he's guaranteed number one, which is wrong, but if he's got it, he's got it. That's the only thing I can think of, otherwise it is a bit of shit from Neil, unfortunately. Don't know if that's true. No way to tell. No one's going to ever say if it is, and they're going to deny if so. If who knows, who can say? But if you do have a number one clause in your contract, Harry, um, you've got to deliver the goods. You 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 can't you can't be the superstar and not deliver the goods. And unfortunately, yesterday, um, and I, I've always been a Jordan Archer fan, but I don't think you're. I think you're right. He's not hundred percent fit. Yesterday, he didn't deliver the goods. He was responsible for the first two goals. Um, Second one to a greater level than the first one, perhaps, but um, both of them are down on his account. That 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 knocked us for six. We were never in that game afterwards. After a bright start, it was um, a shocking performance overall. Yeah, they were almost paralysed with fear. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what. As soon as they went one goal behind, there was no there was no belief. I mean, I think we've been arching Jordan Archer for the first one. I've watched it back today mm. and sort of with a clear head, and I think. It is a shot from 25 yards out, and he does go over the top of it. But I think it... I don't know, he's not... I've, we've said this before, there's been a couple this season where from that sort of range, um, from sort of a bet midler, you're a... He's a bit fucked. Um, <laughs> but he, he don't... He don't seem to catch the fight, the ball, or whatever. Are you laughing at the bet midler? <laughs> I like that one. I I think we've struggled against footballing sides and I I think I want to say early on in our conversation that I I tipped my hat in Oxford's direction they came to play some some decent football particularly in that opening phase of the game and um, they weren't quite Spurs but they as Spurs posed us problems we didn't have answers to so did they when they came down the wings um, Tony Craig going off at half time probably told a story we were just widely exposed and um, you know um, I was quite glad to get through to half time just at two knock downs I thought if we if we went the third that behind at half time we were killed off for sure but um, we do seem to struggle at times against certain types of side and tactically um, we've, we've got to draw some lessons from the season Harry haven't we I mean I I, I don't like to to knock Neil Harris because he's one of my all time heroes but as a manager I do think he's got to start to learn some nuance to his game. We don't deliver that at times. So this inconsistent season, as I described it yesterday. I think if he was going for Jimmy Abdu, I, I really do against football playing sides. Um, it's all right if you've got Williams on the pitch. I mean, we'll get onto the player of the year in a minute, but fuck me. How the fuck he ain't in our top three players of the year? I don't know. But yeah. if you've got a player against a football playing side and you're basically lumping it through the midfield, there's no point having Arch. There's no point having Williams in there because he becomes a passenger. If you're not going to give him the ball, he's not Ben Thompson. He's not going to fly into changes. He's not going to win the ball back. Um, and I think yesterday that was a game for Jimmy. Whether Jimmy can do, only do 45 minutes anymore. But two 0 down, and they're fucking knocking it around like fucking a League One Barcelona around the midfield, and they're getting <laughs> pinged every fucking three minutes. You're going, well, Thompson's fucking gone to chase that down, and now there's. 40 yards of space behind between the midfield and the and the, and the defence and you're sitting there going well that's where Jimmy would be that's where Jimmy I, I mean people can count Jimmy have the off all they write about football in the dirty he, he gets in the one yeah, and you're playing against the passing side that's what you need he's footballing anti-matter isn't he you know you put him into that in, insert him into that situation he's like uh, he, he spreads disruption around him he, he, he induces good players to play like him and um, he has value for that you know <laughs> um, um, but yesterday I just thought there was a sense of 
listlessness and there was a I mean I know we were two goals behind early and um, you know that kind of kills the spirit somewhat but the whole ground which is and it looked like a pretty good turnout it was a decent looking crowd for, for Mill standards um, beautiful sunny day and yet somehow it's you know, I, I compared it with the final scene of Soylent Green, an old film, Harry, you might never have seen it, but Edward G. Robinson is expiring on his deathbed and they're showing him beautiful scenes of scenery with classical music playing whilst he basically knows he's going to get turned into protein pills when his body's dead. And um, it felt a bit like that for me yesterday afternoon. Bizarrely, we're still in the frame. That's what gets me. Um, I, I left the ground yesterday, not knowing how the other results had gone. Um, the killer. Oh, you were lucky. I was yeah. sitting there like Stato. Oh, were you? I, I didn't do that. No, I, I can't do that. And um, I suppose I'm rabbiting into my little recorder, so following other things is, is never, you know, never practical. But um, I couldn't believe that other results had conspired to keep us in sixth spot and still with an outside shout of, well, we're in the driving seat, actually. Um, other teams would be wanting to be where we are. It was a totally undeserved position. And yet, there we go. We, we, we travel to Bristol Rovers next Sunday in with, in with a shout. It's it, it's a, it, it's an amazing um, twist to what is a very strange season overall for me. I, I don't know what I make of it all. Well, I mean, we were eight for one point yesterday. In those days, I would have saved me 143. A trip to Wembley. <laughs> let me down four weeks earlier than what they usually do, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're a bit, we're Millwall, aren't we? So we're either we'll win on Sunday if we do, and we'll oh. be the best team in the world. And of course, we're going to win the playoffs. But today, <laughs> it's a Sunday morning nightmare scenario. And, uh, <laughs> I, we're I was the worst like... team in the world, and Harris is a cunt, and fucking Belson's a wanker, and all <laughs> shit. And it's just, you know, it's Millwall, that's why we love it. But I don't know. I think we do deserve to be there. I, I, I do. I think we're a better side than, than a lot of the shit in League One. Maybe not footballing wise, but in terms of um, sort of teamwork, we've got the best team. Well, the best striker in the division, according to. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think he is, but um, you know, we're there on merit. We've got more points than the teams behind us. We've got less points than the teams in front of us. And if you finish sixth, you know, you always have a chance. If you get in the playoffs, you've got a chance, so you will start again. So it's an oddly dissatisfying season because you're right. There's been some, you know, there's an, un- an unbeaten run. I can't remember off the top of my head how many games we had unbeaten. <clears throat> we kept clean sheets consistently over Christmas New Year period. We've we've got um, three strikers with 15 plus goals between them. Um, we've had some immense standout moments. I'm thinking of the the cup run, the Watford, Bournemouth, and and the Leicester game particularly. Yet somehow only Millwall can conspire to leave you feeling like you just can't wait for the season to finish, and you're dreading a trip to Wembley. You know, it's it's, it's an odd combination of highs and lows, and um, maybe it is why we love the club. I, I was just um, I was in a, in the box yesterday, and I was just above the East Lower, and as as the game was proceeding, there was a gathering of strings, fourteen, fifteen year old strings, in front of me, ready to try and invade the pitch. And I thought to myself, Harry, I really don't want to go to Wembley again. <laughs> I don't want to see these people that turn out, you know, for their once a year trip onto the pitch at Millwall or to Wembley, as the case may be. So, I don't know, maybe I'm Millwalled up. Uh, yeah, I think we're tired, aren't we? We are tired, we are tired. We're tired, we're, we're tired, 50 fucking odd games. We're not Barcelona, we've seen the same 11 remarkably average football players playing in a remarkably average league. With <laughs> <laughs> a couple of men. You know, it's like fucking going to a generic sort of chain restaurant. Mm, that was all right. It weren't great, but yeah. it weren't bad. It's just the strings. Oh, the strings yesterday. I come down. Obviously, I always in the dock of the slower seat. Yeah. I come down. I don't know. And so me and my brother started having a loud conversation regarding what was your motivation to go onto the pitch when you're three nil down. I don't know. I don't get that. I'm just looking out there. Getting out the top of slipping out the playoffs you, and someone would ask you the question, Why did you get nicked this weekend for having come to the pitch? <laughs> oh, I, got, I don't know. Well you lost three nil we are celebrating what? Fuck all. Fuck all. I don't know. They're a different breed. It's, it's been a long while since I was 14 years old. I'm very aware that you can sound like a right miserable old git um, at, at my time of life. But, and I don't mean to. I generally don't don't think the old days were better than the, the modern days and, and stuff like that. But I look at these kids and I think, what the fuck are you doing? What Really, what is the point of this? We're three nought down. Um, the game's adrift. And there's one, one twat that ran on the pitch. I think he must have been pissed out of his head running around on the pitch. And you think, oh, get me out of here. Um... 
I think I've had enough of Millwall for one season, but I'll be there next week at Bristol Rovers, Harry, <laughs> because that's what you do, don't you? you? You you keep on turning up and you keep on hoping for the for the for the, for the best. You know, I, I I hedged my bets thinking it would all be over by now, and I didn't buy Bristol Rovers to sit. And now I know I'm going to have to sit here in fucking Sky Sports, BBC London, and Twitter, <laughs> refreshing every three minutes. I at the Rain Man doing steps and fucking dogs fighting and whatever. I don't know. The thing is, is I'd rather not go to the playoffs if we're not going to go up. I, I, that makes me sound like a miserable bastard, doesn't it? But I, I can't... <laughs> we can't do it it's anymore. Just the, <clears throat> the financial, there's the financial element. Yeah. There's yeah. the string element, which is a massive, which is a massive, massive fucking thing. Yeah. The string element is just unbelievable. Imagine if we've got Scunthorpe again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys in the world turn up. <coughs> yeah, and yeah. And we've had a fucking enough of Wembley. Yeah. Like, my generation, we are spoiled. And, well, this particular generation of Millwall fans are spoiled. You know, um, and maybe we need a bit of perspective on sort of where we're finishing and stuff like that, but... Well, there was a little bit of... The last sort of 20 years, ridiculously often for a club of our size. Yeah, I mean, I know it's much, much more easy now to get to Wembley than it was when I was, uh, you know, my teens and 20s. But um, there was there was a strange debate online last night about... And I think there is, you're right about the, the the kind of current generation who have known only only the way football is now. And there was someone, I think this is Millwall, Glenn, um, made the point that, you know, you, you've got to get some perspective into this. Orient have just gone out of the league and, I, you know, the, um, commiserations to them because they don't deserve that. But also um, another big club, um, Coventry City, have, have been relegated into League Two. And I think someone, I can only presume he's a youngster, said, um, why are we being compared, Millwall being compared with Coventry City? Well, Coventry were, you know, a first a champ, a Premier League club and first division club in old, won the won the uh, FA Cup. So, I think there's a certain generation that don't know any different and certainly don't um, open their eyes to history as to where some clubs have been and where they are now. So, uh, I think my point, if I have a point, is that we are we should be grateful for what we have. I know that it's a hard thing to absorb after a three 0 stuffing by a mid table side, but. Um, it remains the truth. You know, we are still with a chance of, of better days. Um, however undeserved. It was not invented in 1992. No, 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 it wasn't. No, very much not. I can't pick out any players that performed well yesterday, Harry. I, I, I suppose Steve Morrison gave his usual performance. I can't particularly think of anyone I'd want to name check as playing well because the whole team performance was so poor overall. Anyone stood out for you yesterday? Mm, Wallace. Wallace. Wallace done all right. Thompson, I suppose, gave you Tom's Ben not Thompson. Great for, not great for it. Not great. Yeah, not great for not great for Wallace. But they they look like they give a shit. You know, there was a lot of them who didn't. Yeah, they gave a shit. And yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it's just that players that have let Harris and us down. You know, I'm, I'm sort of the first ever time I've been nuts because my brain was worth the fucking place before I done this. But um, <laughs> you know, you, you look at. If you're looking back, the season, well, the season, the season's over, and I've got one more game. Yeah. If you look at it, Fred, 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 I think Fred, the, the harmony of the squad has been fucking disrupted by one little fucking jump on the bench next season in the club. Um, I think the morale of the squad was in question yesterday. I mean, for whatever reason, the Jordan Archer promotion and the relegation of Tom King must play its part in. in um, in, you know, in, in, it must be damaging. I, I, any working environment anywhere where you see someone that uh, does well, but then their reward is to be dropped in favour of a favoured individual, as for whatever reason we don't know. I think the, I think we've had some great moments, and the togetherness of the squad when it's been on 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 song has been something to behold. And it's also collapsed at certain points. I mean, the aftermath of the Spurs defeat, and and in all honesty, as I'm looking at the statistics from yesterday. Um, that was that was another collapse of morale yesterday. It's it, it's. I think. I mean, there, there will obviously the, the end of the season is looming, and um, there will be a clear out of some sort, naturally or by design. And um, I think we do have to learn some lessons for this season. Neil Harris must develop more nuance to his to his managerial style, because we just looked unimaginative at, at, for the for the whole game yesterday. Not at times for the whole game for me. Yeah, I agree. I think there's seven or eight players that are out of contract. I think Neil can. Fred Martin, I think Wong's out of contract, I think Wilde's out of contract as well. Yeah. Um, Ford, I don't know if Ford's contract's over, but Ford's on 15 grand a week if you believe Champions uh, Football Manager, which is how uh, <laughs> I so we'll go by that. Um, you know, that's a lot of money in this league, that's probably three players. Yeah. Um, but 
fuck, that, fuck those. I mean, League One's not a bad league next season. That's the worrying thing. I'd lump money on Oxford to win it, by the way. Uh, the they looked a decent side. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. A decent manager, I think, as well. I think, well, yeah. But then he did get beat by us earlier on in the year, so. Yeah. You know, there's a tight. I think. I don't know, we just, if we play well, we're really good. If we don't play well, we're really shit. I want to thank Harry for coming on today's show. It's been a bit of a bit of an epic to get hold of each other this morning, but we've done it. Um, I want to thank you for all your efforts and work you put in this year on the show, Harry. It's appreciated, mate. And um, Cheers, mate. <laughs> we'll speak again, no doubt, soon. Listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing i love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style